0: There's one part of the Celtics offense that's broken that nobody's talking about, but it might be the key to fixing this whole thing. Plus, what do we do about Jason Tatum's minutes? And I answer some of your questions about the trade deadline. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on, number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Delario B. Corral above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Prime time, dappin' up the truth on the sideline. Rainin' Jays, how I started, raisin' banners. How we finish? Locked on, Celtics pod. Home of the winners, B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So make sure you are indeed subscribed and you can do that on any app that you choose. You can even do it on YouTube if you'd like. You can watch the show, hop in the comments, join the conversation. Lots of people are doing that right now. Uh, We're getting close to 10,000 subscribers, so It's a real growing community. If you're not subscribed there, please do that. Make it your first listen every single day. I really do thank you for doing that. Uh, Those of you who are new to the show, welcome aboard. I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball a long, long time ago, and now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Later on in the third segment, I will get to some of your questions. Q&A, lots of names coming in. Sadiq Bay, Jared Vanderbilt, lots of names coming in. And uh, I'll, I'll address them directly and let you know what I think about these names in, when, in terms of the Celtics. The second segment I will dedicate to Joe Mazzula and Brad Stevens discussing Jason Tatum's minutes. Those minutes have been super high over the past 10 games. He's averaging over 40 points per uh, 40 minutes per game. And that's just too many. Leading the league, his last five games, it's been up over close to 42 minutes per game. That's in the second segment. First segment, uh, I will discuss here uh, something that he said at practice. So uh, there was a practice on Tuesday, uh, one of a few opportunities to talk to these guys in a non game setting. Uh, we do that uh, every once in a while at these practices. So I asked Joe a couple of questions about the offense because over the first 26 games, we're at 51 games now, so it's almost 50-50. First 26 games, they're 21-5. and five. This takes us almost directly to a half-and-half half split. Obviously, with the odd number, it can't be a full half-and-half, half, but 26 games takes you up to the, the Golden State game. So this is pre-Golden State, post-Golden State on the road. So you get a real good mark. We all have it in our heads, right? Like that's, that's kind of the game where things started to take a turn 15 and 10 since then, which is still good, but not 21 and five that they were before. Uh, I think that, uh, some of that has to do, uh, with injuries. They they've gotten tired. I think maybe there has been a little bit of boredom that set in. Joe Mazzola talked about, Hey, we can't get bored with the, with the details and it's absolutely true. Can't get bored with the details. They are working in Robert Williams. He's played 17 games. So obviously in the last 25 games, 17 of them have involved Robert Williams, which is a whole new set of spacing. He's come off the bench. Then he has started. So that, I think we we talked about this before. and And I've said it. I know other people have said it. That when Rob comes back, brace yourself for some kind of turbulence you know the the flight had been going smoothly and here comes rob and it's things were going to get bumpy it was predictable that things were going to get bumpy and now we're seeing it get a little bit bumpy perspective is necessary for they're they're fourth in offense and fourth in defense they're the only team in the top 5 of both so when you're when you're top 5 you're championship material top 5 in offense and defense you're championship level material and and even since the, the that Golden State game, the last 25, they're like sixth in offense. And their defense has been really good. So this isn't a problem. But here's the one thing that the Celtics can fix that can change everything. And this isn't just about these particular stats. It's the mentality behind them. And Joe Mazzula brought this up because he talked about things have been good at the beginning of the shot clock. But once you get that, once that first action doesn't work, the Celtics sort of abandon what they're trying to do. And it shows up in the numbers here in the first 26 games in late shot clock situations between four and seven seconds on the shot clock Celtics shot 52% on shots between four and seven in the shot clock. So you've worked the clock down. You're seeing it tick down into single digits They still work to get good shots and they shot 52%. They were in those situations 59% from two and 45% from three. Some of that was the unsustainably hot shooting, but in late shot clock situations in the last 25 games, they've gone from 52 to 42 and a half. That's just too, too big a drop. It shows that they are once. Joe Mazula, Joe Mazula is right. Once they get past that first action, they kind of stop and they don't work to continue. Joe is big on the spacing. They don't work to continue their spacing. They don't work to get, get that next great shot. They try to get that first great shot and that's fine. But then you get into the late shot clock situations and it just devolves into a little bit more ISO or settling for a three pointer. That might not be the kind of three pointer that you want. Fix this and you fix the offense, in my opinion. Uh, You can take it a step further. Very late shot clock situations, less than four seconds, shooting 40% overall. That's not good, but still in that situation, what's happening? A little panicked, a little rushed. You're going to be taking a lot more contested shots. They still shot 40%. Now. In the last 25, that's down to 32.5%. So you've lost 7.5% even on those. So you're not even making the tough shots. You're not making the, the you're not creating easy shots for yourself. Those have really dropped. The two pointers in those le- very late shot clock situations have dropped 12%, almost 12% in two pointers. So they're not even getting to the rim. They're not creating those mid range shots. They're not creating a lot of those things. Work harder on offense. And this goes to the overall thing that you're seeing that I'm seeing that we're all seeing work harder throughout the course of the offense. Don't just run the clock down and take a contested shot with six seconds left on the shot clock. That's part of the problem. Don't go and and say, okay, here's the pick and roll. And here's this. Well, they stopped it. Oh, well, looks like I got to do this myself. No, you don't want to do that either. The Celtics, if they fix the second half of their offense, they could fix the entirety of their offense. That's where you start to get those shots where multiple attacks that I keep talking about. Those happen and create shots in that late shot clock. Tatum or Smart runs the pick and roll. Let's just assume that everybody's at full strength. Smart runs a pick and roll, gets into the teeth of the defense, kicks it out, good closeout, it goes out to the corner. Swing, swing, it gets to Jason Tatum. He drives. They stop that. Swing again, swing again. That takes time. But each one of those swings creates another bend in the defense. You bend it, bend it, bend it, and it breaks. That stuff happens in four, five, six, seven, seven seconds to go in the shot clock that is where you see the success of the ball movement. That's where you see the success of the effort, the, the, you know, even the tap outs and resetting and that stuff. That's where you see the success of working hard to get yourself a good shot. Fix that. You fix the offense. And it's just about working harder and maintaining your poise Later in the clock to say, okay, even with 10 seconds left, I can still drive. We still have time to kick. We still have time to work to get a better shot. It doesn't all have to happen right away. So that's the number that I'm focused on. I want to see where that goes as they move forward. If they fix that, watch that offensive number pop back up. Up next, the number I want to see go down, Jason Tatum's minutes. That needs to stop. Joe Missoula, Brad Stevens, they're not. They're, they actually don't agree necessarily with it needing to be his minutes that need to drop. I'll explain that next. I want to start here by saying a shout out to Julian Edelman. Sports betting is now legal in Massachusetts. Julian Edelman placed the first bet in Massachusetts officially, and he did so by putting $11,000 down on the Celtics to win the championship. That's great. He could have done it a lot easier if he used the fanduel app fanduel is america's number one sports book and we're really excited to have them as our new sports betting partner uh we're the number one podcast network they're the number one sports book makes perfect sense if you're new to fanduel even better they got a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy you know super bowl 57 is right around the corner you can bet on that with a no sweat first bet You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's pretty good. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Those are the type of bets that I like. Those are fun. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. That is so important and also extraordinarily important. You can get paid instantly when you win. You want your money, don't you? Of course you do. So, join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On NBA as your second listen. I just recorded Locked On NBA with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. We talked Lakers. Sorry had to gush about LeBron. I know you don't like LeBron, probably, but I'm sorry. He's going to be first in scoring, and he just crossed into fourth all-time in assists, and it's just... Uh, that's just amazing to me. Put, put all of the other stuff aside for a second, which I know it's valid. I get it, but put the other stuff aside. What he just did is amazing, and, and that that record... We're talking about it on Lockdown NBA. We're also talking about uh, Lonzo Ball still having knee issues and what that means for Chicago. And real or fake, this is going to be an active trade deadline. So go check that out over there. Uh, It's very real that Jason Tatum is playing a lot of minutes. He is second in the league in minutes per game, 37.5. In the last 10 games, almost 41 minutes per game. And over the last five, 42 minutes per game. Too many, too many. He's played in the last three... uh overtime games. They've played two straight overtime games and they played one six games ago. So three out of their last six games are overtime games. He's played 48, 43 and 47 minutes in those games. After the Lakers game, he said, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. 47 minutes tonight. I'm ready to go to sleep. He's very tired. Okay. We all say, so limit Tatum's minutes. You gotta limit Tatum's minutes. Joe Mazzula said in and, and it kind of echoes what Brad Stevens has said that i uh, actually let me, let me lay out what Brad Stevens said. He said that uh, one way he's, he was on 985 uh, a few days ago. One way to adjust is by limiting minutes within the games and, or the occasional game where somebody doesn't play. Okay. Celtics don't really do that. Then he says another way, this is a quote is really managing how you navigate your off days. And I think that's another way to do it. Nobody ever talks about it. Everybody looks at, okay, you average 37 minutes versus 35. If you play two more minutes in a game, but your off days are managed appropriately with treatment, less time on your feet, it's really not that big of a deal. And Missoula echoed that by saying, uh, essentially, I'll paraphrase him, when you go through what you went through with the Lakers, maybe you learn how to navigate that. And this is a quote, I trust how he takes care of his body. I trust the people around him and I trust everything that he does. He admits that, yeah, he's not going to be the guy who plays guys until they can't play anymore, Uh, but he is trusting Tatum and his team to have managed his body and manage the off days appropriately. This is their plan. Their plan is to manage the off days appropriately. Brad Stevens has said it. Missoula kind of has endorsed that, and clearly Tatum, he doesn't want to come off the floor Yeah, he's tired at the end of the games, but Tatum takes care of his body. Do I agree with it? I mean, no, not necessarily, but this is one where, you know, I I do rely on a a certain level of basketball expertise to guide my opinions. This is one where I think I'm kind of out of my element and I admit it. I, I sports science today is different. And I mean, Nowadays, Tatum Tatum has Nick Sang his trainer with him everywhere, everywhere. And if you follow him on social media, it's constantly like working on his legs. It's it's treatment. It's massages. It's stretching. It's lifting. It's and it it's a, a, a regimen that is completely unfamiliar to me. I have no clue how intense it is and and how it's allowing him to continue to play all of these minutes. I will say that playing 47 minutes and 43 minutes and all that stuff is still too much. No matter what the sports science says, I'm willing to listen to the team when they say, Hey, if your off days are managed appropriately, that's fine. But also we're in a stretch here where the Celtics are playing three games in four nights. Like that happens often. So there are no off days to manage. So as much as they're selling us this, this line of, Hey, manage the the off days appropriately, stay off your feet when you're not playing, you know, don't, don't go crazy on your off days and you'll be fine. Okay. I'm willing to listen to that, but I'm also willing to call out the team and say, you know what? Three games and four nights and back to backs in this every other day schedule that that's not, it doesn't fly quite the same. An off day, if you play game, off day, game, off day, and on off days, you just don't do anything, it's still 40 minutes a game and a little bit of recovery. And I know that they're not off their feet on that middle day. If if there's a stretch of home games like we're seeing, and it's every other day, it's game, it's shoot around, game. Next day, film get some shots up get your lift in then you're got you got shoot around the next day and then a game so it's not just the minutes and it's not just managing your off days he's he's out there doing stuff he's on his feet he's shooting he's not going hard but he's out there getting his shots up he's still out there being active so as much as they're saying yes we trust we trust we trust yeah okay fine I will give you the slack to say, we trust it. You're the sports science guys. I'm not. I'm sitting here in front of a microphone. All right. I'm well past my prime. I've got, I'm probably 40 pounds overweight. I can't be the guy that sits there and says, well, this is how you should do it. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I do know what I see. I do know what I see. And what I see is a ton of minutes. And I do see Jason Tatum that late in games is missing some shots, missing jumpers, and is prone to some turnovers. I just don't like the trend of, well, let's pile on these minutes. Got to win this game. Got to pile on these minutes. I don't think that the... uh, It's almost like paying credit cards with credit cards type of thing with Tatum's minutes. I don't think that this concept of you build up a lead big enough and then you can rest them later in the season and that that's kind of the plan. You just run them out there and the, the that, that's, that's the hope. Well, you know what? That's not up to you necessarily because sometimes you're going to lose and you're going to lose games that you should win and there are going to be times where maybe he's tired and he can't finish uh, as strong as he normally would and you lose closer than you did the point is here, we're 51 games into the season, and Milwaukee's two games back, and Philly's three games back, and Brooklyn's four and a half games back. It's not exactly running away with the East here. It's not exactly like building up this huge lead and saying we're going to rest them later. This is you're only two games ahead of Milwaukee. You play Milwaukee this month, you lose that game. The Celtics still have a strong possibility of going into the all-star break, not in first. That's, that's not out of the question. You lose one game here between the Milwaukee game that Milwaukee wins. And it goes down to one game. You lose the game to Milwaukee and Milwaukee jumps into first place. So you can't say that we're going to just run these guys a lot now and then rest them later because you're not building up the lead. It's not like you're up 10 games. You're up two. And what happens if you can't shake Milwaukee? You can't control how much Milwaukee wins or loses. Chris Middleton comes back and they're playing well. Philly just, you know, had a seven-game winning streak snap. They keep going. Joel Embiid's back in the MVP conversation. Uh James Harden's playing well. He's an all-star in, in all-star consideration. Brooklyn, when KD comes back, is a threat. What happens if it's March and we're still at two and three games up. And you say, well, seeding's important cuz you don't want to play Miami in, in or if Toronto makes a move, what if Toronto gets up to that spot or you don't want to play these tough teams in the 3-6. You want to play whoever the 8th seed is, New York or Atlanta or if Chicago makes a move. You 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 can't just say, well, we we were planning on resting Tatum This late into the season. So we're going to do it now. And so be it that we're going to have to play wherever we fall. Because then all of a sudden you've played Tatum 42 minutes a game and you're the third seed. It's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. And if Tatum gets hurt or if Tatum misses any significant amount of time, then you're in trouble. He is kind of the key to all of this. Him and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is certainly one of the keys. They can survive the Jalen Brown thing a little bit better than they can survive the, the Tatum thing. They can't survive either one of those guys being out extended minutes, but if Tatum goes down, then, then, then a lot of things start to unravel and I don't want to see that. So find a way to get him some rest. I trust what you're saying about the sports science guys. I will trust that to some degree, but I still don't buy that that's a, that makes it okay to play him 40 minutes, all this, you know, as often as they play him 40 minutes. I still don't buy it. I still don't like it. There's still a, It's a few minutes too long, and I think you can still find a way to calm that down. All right, I'm going to answer some questions because I keep getting names thrown at me. People are hopping into the mailbag, the questions, tweeting at me, lots of names. I'll address some of those names specifically when I come back. First... Let's talk about built Bar, which is a delicious treat. And now that we're heading into uh, February, we're going to keep track of those all-star, those uh, all-star, <laughs> those New Year's resolutions. Yeah, all-star. I should do all-star resolutions. That'd be fun. Uh, as I said, I have a few extra pounds. I admit that. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that I have a couple extra pounds on me. But, uh, you know, built Bar is going to help me take those off. I, I go up and down, and built Bar is going to help me get down. Because when I go to the gym and I lift, I want to build some lean muscle, and the 17 grams of protein in those bars is going to help me build that lean muscle. Plus, the 130 calories in these bars means I can hit that elliptical hard. I'm not erasing it with some kind of high-calorie, high-sugar built bar. It's just 4 grams of sugar, 130 calories. So I can eat one and feel good knowing that it's going to help me reach my goals. If you want to order them through Built.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, you can. But if you're near a Walmart and you're out, you want to run in, they are in the pharmacy section now. Get yourself a, a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you belong to a Sam's Club, hop in there. They got 13-bar boxes of brownie, batter, and churro. So those are awesome. So you have three different ways you can buy Built Bar now. It's worth the trip. It's worth uh, checking them out. Uh, again, built.com for 15% off with the promo code on All right, trade deadline questions. Uh, hopping into the mailbag, johncorellis.com slash mailbag, johncorellis.com slash mailbag. People send in questions all the time. You can send me questions as often as you want. I try to get to them when I can. Hopefully, they get answered organically anyway. But uh, I want to answer a couple of these trade things because they keep popping up. Uh, so let me just get, Kevin says any word on the Sadiq Bay situation. Um, he's uh, su- saying basically Sadiq Bay is being mentioned in, uh, in conjunction with some trades there. Uh, also, what about Isaiah Stewart? I'm assuming Bay and Stewart for Gallo's contract would require a first or of the seas or, or would it? All right. So here's, here's the question. Here's, here's a great example. And I'm, I'm not calling you out, Kevin. It's just, I know you're asking a question, but I, I, I do want to, use this as an example of people generally kind of underestimate what people, what teams are going to be asking for in these deals. And so for Sadiq Bay, there's a rumor here. uh, I'm going to read it from The Athletic. James Edwards said, um, he says, I've been, I've gotten the impression that the Pistons aren't ready to move on from Sadiq Bay unless a deal they can't refuse comes around. What would an offer such an, such an offer entail? I'm not sure, but per league sources, Detroit has not made it seem like Bay is available for pennies. Now, this is a question about packaging Bay and Stewart. So that's not going to, happen. like, it's not, when we're talking about Sadiq Bay, just Sadiq Bay would require a first from the seas. And that would be, uh, I think what they get back is going to be questioned because are they really going to take for Sadiq Bay a package that includes Peyton Pritchard and, and a pick, even if it's a first round pick, is that going to make Detroit happy? I don't think so. I don't think so because you're training a guy with some size and shooting ability for a guy with no size and, and shooting ability. And that's, that's part of the problem. I think we here in Boston, will value Peyton Pritchard especially uh, value our guys high. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, I'm sure for a lot of people out there, for you who may be listening or watching, you might sit there and, and feel like Peyton Pritchard is a real, real good reward, a real good return for a team looking to make a move. And I'm here to tell you that that's not necessarily true that i know that he's had comments recently um uh, on a podcast that said he's talking about his next stop everybody knows that he's going to have a next stop it's it's not going to be his his career is not long for uh boston but he still has to earn a spot wherever he goes he still has to prove to whatever team he goes to, that he's part of that team's rotation. It's not that it's an automatic thing. So if, if Pritchard were, let's just say Pritchard was on the block right now, just we're trading Pritchard to, to he's requested a trade. He hasn't, I'm just saying hypothetically, he's requested a trade. We're going to trade him. He, give us your best offers. I don't think anybody gives Boston more than a second-round pick. Maybe because it's a seller's market you go to. Maybe. But I don't think he's valued that high across the league. I just don't see that level of value. So, Sadiq Bey, no. Um, Carlos asks Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, maybe, he's he might be the type of guy that can be... Wired, but I'm not, I'm not psyched about Cam Reddish, I'll be honest with you. Um, maybe a lower pressure situation could help him out a little bit, but I, I don't see like Jared Vanderbilt is another name, Jared Vanderbilt or Nas Reed. Those are names that are coming around. Nas Reed is, I, there are people who want him to play more. Um, Jared Vanderbilt is on Utah you think Danny Ainge is just going to give Jared Vanderbilt away? No, not even to Boston, not even to his his guy Brad Stevens. Like he is not going to deal uh, willy nilly and say, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." These guys, there is a uh, a high value placed on these guys. Um, again, I'm reading off of uh, this is a hoops hype rumor. Jared Vanderbilt has been discussed in trade talks with several teams around the league in those conversations. Utah has given the indication that it would take the equivalent of a first-round pick to acquire each player. It's Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. First-round picks. Maybe these th- these guys are going to come down on their prices. Maybe Danny Ainge comes down on his price. I don't think so, and I just don't think the Celtics should be going with first round picks for every trade that they make. They've already committed The they're already, uh, they already gave away their first round pick uh, this upcoming draft. So they can't give up next year's. They'd have to go out another year. You're starting to get into uh, some level of stepping in rule complications. It's just like I had the conversation with, with um, Tom Westerholm yesterday, the, the more you just hand out first-round picks, the harder it is to make a move later on. I don't know that Jared Vanderbilt is going to be moved for anything less than a first-round pick. And if the Celtics make that move, then you're committing. You're committing to Jared Vanderbilt being here for a long, the long term. Could that work? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're giving up, if you're giving up a first for Sadiq Bey, then he's your guy. and. Each time you do that, you reduce your chances of making a win now move the following season. Because if you make this move now and it doesn't work, then the move you make next year has to involve a pick two years removed from that last pick. So now you're committed two years down the road. And then if you want, if somebody else comes available that is more impactful, well, your picks are now tied up. And you can't make that move down the road. And I'm not saying that you have to be scared of making moves now because of what might happen in the future. We can't predict the future. I understand that completely. But I just don't think any of these guys are win-now players that are worth that first-round pick. I think it makes the most sense for the Celtics to wait, scan the buyout market, do what I said yesterday. You've got that traded player exception. It lasts a day after the deadline. So you can sit there and make a waiver claim and acquire a guy uh, in in the amount of time that it takes to go through the waiver process. You still have time. Maybe you can sneak in a guy that way. Maybe there's a buyout guy that you can pick up. There are ways for the Celtics to improve their roster at the end of the bench. We know they're going for depth pieces. A lot of these names that are being brought up to me are names that are going to require a lot of uh, assets to get. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm also not comfortable with Cam Reddish just because his history. I'm certainly not willing to, to, to blow any particular trade package on Cam Reddish. I'm just not sorry. Um, It just feels more and more like the Celtics are going to do nothing at the trade deadline. Prepare yourselves for the Celtics to do nothing at the trade deadline. And I think you should prepare for a quiet trade deadline. Honestly, I don't think a lot of these guys are going to move. I could be wrong, but in a couple of weeks when we're talking about this, we're going to be looking at guys that are are not going to be moved because most of these names that are being mentioned are guys, they're just not worth some of the asking prices that are out there. That's all I can say. Uh, next podcast comes up after the Celtics uh play the Brooklyn Nets. That's the Wednesday night game, right? That's the next <laughs> uh for a second there, I just drew a blank on the schedule. Yeah. They play the the Brooklyn Nets next, and uh, I will be at the Garden to watch and report on that game, and then I will have a post-game podcast for that. I'll be back Thursday. What the hell? I'll do a podcast Friday after the game as well for uh, post-Phoenix, assuming that they blow the the doors off the Suns again. Let's hope. Reduce those minutes. Joe, reduce those minutes. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching, for listening, for all of that uh, if you're not subscribed, hit subscribe on whatever device you use. If you're not watching on the YouTube page, hop on in, subscribe. We're hitting, we're getting close to 10,000 subscribers. I would love to hit that soon uh, just for my own ego and we all have round numbers. So get, get me to that 10,000 and uh, hop in the comments. Comments are popping, man. They're, they're, they're popping. There's a lot of good conversation going on in there. Some trash talk, some people telling me I'm full of crap, but some people telling me that I'm awesome. More more telling me that I'm awesome. That would be fantastic. Uh, you know, I have the same fragile ego as everybody. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, I know. Seriously, I do thank you so much. Uh, so hop in there and just talk Celtics and talk about the podcast. Whatever you want to say is cool with me. Uh, I would also love it if you shared the podcast. Tell your friends and family. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.